Hello, and welcome back to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, I'll be talking us through Waking the Fallen by Avenged Sevenfold. Bloody a bloody happy new year, Lava Bloody, how you how you doing there, mate? What's what's happening? Happy new year, buddy. How's it going? Yeah, 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 man. Good, good. How are you? Fantastic. Had a wonderful holiday period, holiday time. General sure. two weeks of festivities, frivolities, and drinkingness. So many mince pies. Not enough. Not enough mince pies. There's my there's my uh, first admission. Well, there's a bloody stance, isn't it? Too, not enough mince pies. I mean, it's a New Year's resolution that I'm going to eat more next year. There we go. All right. Um, that's a New Year's resolution I can get behind. And we're back in podcast land. I know, right? It's been... I, I'm, I'm amazed, right? So just a peek behind the curtain for those who've ever... Never witnessed given this. Given a fuck. Given a toss. But <laughs> the amount of tries that we have to do to get the intro right on a good day is usually two or three. Maybe yeah. at least two. After three weeks of not recording, strain. First time, yeah. Absolutely, baby. Well done. I'm proud Pr- of you. I'm proud, proud of, of I'm proud of myself too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Excellent. you. Well, I'm sure no one really gives a fuck about mince pies when it's uh, late January. Whenever we release this, but welcome back, listeners. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us here. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Maybe. Uh, Maybe give us a wee shout out on the old socials at AOGP Pod. We're mostly on Insta, to be fair, because we're old and don't really like anything else. But yeah, let's uh, let's get fired away, man. So waking, not awaken or oh. walking oh, God. or whatever, but waking the fallen of Vince Sevenfold. This is your one, man. Tell, tell us why you've brought this to the uh, to the fold. Well, th- thank you for for first bringing up the title. I have to be honest; I have been seeing this wrong my entire life. <laughs> uh, great start i am i was sure it was waken like key k-e-n at the end the fallen so i've been calling it waken as if to awaken the awaken. fallen but yeah. i mean it's the same meaning but it's waking with an ing at the end waking the fallen yeah this was my i would say ground zero for metalcore all right if i'm being bold really honest bold the first time i heard on holy confessions that Jam. alternating pick and riff sold <laughs> you're in i mean you're in i mean this is this is this is my direction for the foreseeable future i'd listened i'd heard some hardcore and and a lot of metal leading up to this but nowhere near i mean things things took off pretty pretty big after this this one I, I remember the first time I heard on Holy Confessions. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I missed seeing Avenged Sevenfold live. Right. I remember seeing them live once as well. Wow, these these guys have been. Uh, I feel like they've made or left their impact on you. Absolutely, they are one of those bands that I I feel it's. Uh, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. But oh, I bet. I I genuinely after re-listening to Waking the Fallen this last week that I have been unfair to this band. Similar to the feeling I did with Linkin Park, I think I might I should have given them a bigger chance and maybe not have been as harsh to them. I mean, don't be too hard on yourself, man. I think everyone was harsh on Avenged Sevenfold. You, you know, you you had to either this was a Marmite band. You either loved or hated these guys, and if you loved them, well, then you wore their T-shirts like every day, and you probably slept in them, and you did the cutoffs, and you did the guy liner, and 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 whatnot, and the fringes, etc. I didn't like Avenger the Fold in the day. This album hasn't really flipped me on that. Okay, you know, like. Uh, I've dabbled in Avenged Sevenfold. There's been singles you you couldn't escape them in the in, in back back in day when there was like Unholy Confessions or Backcountry or whatever was kicking around. Sure, and that's cool. Like you you've you've probably heard this band at some point. Never got me into them, but then they also were immediately everywhere all of a sudden. 
and like oh boy the image was strong and I'm like oh, that, that sort of pushed me back from these guys a little bit yeah I'll give them that the, the image that they had post Waking the Fallen is probably the reason that I'm wasn't the fan that I was not the fan afterwards they the image they had for Waking the Fallen the like you say they had that hardcore image to themselves tight black t-shirts skinny jeans guy liner fringes goths. dyed black hair goths they had they had the look that I wanted to be they had the sound that I was like this is accessible yet heavy breakdowns were in there heavy guitar stuff was in there this was they ticked so many boxes yeah and then City of Evil came out and they're in denim and leather and he's he's wailing and I'm like uh, yeah it's even it's even gone a little bit glam maybe yeah it's gone that whole like biker rock metal thing that I'm just just wasn't me. Never was. Yeah, give me a fringe and guy liner or fuck off. None, none of this. None of this fake. I'm a biker shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed with with City of Evil to say the least because it was too, 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 too pretty boy, too nice, too. No offense to pretty boys out there. We love you all. We love you all, but this one was. <laughs> It was not what I wanted in a in a in a hardcore band. No, I mean I suppose the, the, the a similar one to me was, and we will talk about it in maybe even the, probably this year was uh, Trivium. Okay. Ascendancy blew my goddamn mind. Like it was amazing. I loved everything about it. There's Ascendancy moments on this album, even like maybe even these guys were doing the the sort of prog metal before Trivium were doing the prog metal, but then. They did what was it the, the the Crusades, and just went full Metallica clone, and I'm like, oh 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 no, I have there's rarely been that sharp a drop off for me, with 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 a band than absolutely eating everything that Trivium were putting out, and then the Crusades came out, and I was like, <laughs> oh boy, mistakes were made. I think I've spoke about my Trivium story with you. I'm gonna save it for the episode because yeah. I don't want to spoil it. But yes, similar drop-off. But thank you for using a really important word that I'd never, ever associated with Avenged Sevenfold until this very week. Prog. Sure, totally. I'd never, ever considered this band to be progressive. And I don't know why, but when going back over it these last couple of weeks, my adult mature brain, not my 18-year-old ape brain, was (laughs) able to go, that's really progressive. They were really pushing boundaries with this album. I mean boundaries boundaries. push okay there's the wrong that was the wrong word but you get what I mean they were they were they were doing something for the time that was probably a little bit different especially when you look at the bands that they were associated with sure definitely in comparison to their peers like you straight off the bat you called this a metalcore band a metalcore album Wikipedia calls it a metal, metal, oh fuck me, a metalcore album. This is not metalcore for me. Eventually, Sevenfold have never been metalcore for me. And I will agree with that one hundred percent. Now they are a metal band. They are just a straight up metal band. They were a rock metal band, hard rock yep. metal band, and yep. they have changed in each album. But I think the change from Waking the Fallen to City of Evil was too much for me, personally. Mm -hmm. And especially if you'd heard the previous album, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, which is probably a metalcore album. I'm sorry, what's it called? Sounding the Seventh Trumpet. Please tell me I've said that right there. I'm only asking because I've never heard it. Like, I I know next to nothing about Avenged Sevenfold. Like I say, I've dabbled, I've heard of things we'll, we'll come on to that later but i have never gone gotten into the 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 ethos or or, or the, the the what's the word never got into the zeitgeist of events unfold okay so the, the this waking the fallen is their second studio album but the first major label release i wouldn't i wouldn't call hopeless records a major label i think they were indie still 
Okay, okay. Um, the one before it was Good Life. Now, Good Life Records are an independent Belgian label. Specific. And one that has directly reached out to War Charge, I believe, when we were first touring. I love that. I love the name drop there from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but also, other than that, so the Good Good Life Records released this. They gave them 25 grand to record Sounding the Seventh Trumpet. And they apparently still needed another 25 grand to actually do it. So this is my confusion. Wikipedia has Waking the Fallen as the second studio album by American heavy metal band of It is the band's first full-length album. Oh, with new lead guitarist. So that was a, a learner for me. Was I didn't know this was Sinister Gate's first album. He was apparently kicking around with the band. Like, they were friends... Or in the same, like, sort of social circles. But then they properly got him involved and signed him up when they took on uh, the work with, with Hopeless Records. Because I think Hopeless were putting a bit more money into it and they managed to get more mm. serious musicians involved with it. So, Ooh, sounding the seventh trumpet got one star from Kerrang. One K. It's rough. It's V rough. So is. So is Waking the Fallen. Waking. Yeah, see, there's, there's the one. We should have a little tally. Ding. Um, the, <laughs> I think it sounds much better than it, I thought it was going to sound. I was totally ready for this to be utter trash going back to it. I was genuinely worried when I said, let's do this one. Because I was like, I don't want to dislike it i don't want to hate it but you have fond memories of it i have a very specific memory of it of it from a time when i when i moved because it was the one the the bridge Mm -hmm. the person who introduced it to me introduced them to me had unholy confessions on his myspace a lot of people did and that was the first time i ever heard the band Unbeknownst to me, I had missed them touring uh, in February of 2004 because they were supposed to be supporting Lost Profits. Who, at the time, at the time, were were exceptionally popular. So that was their first album, Fake Sound of Progress, had just, had basically been doing the rounds. They hadn't, I don't know if they'd released... Was it Start Something that came out afterwards? Either way, I fuck that band. I had the ticket. I had the ticket paid for in my hand, but I couldn't go. So I missed seeing Avenged Sevenfold that time. Why can you go? I went on a school trip to Europe. <laughs> I did not expect that. A uni trip or a school trip? A school trip. Well, so like you were still six, in school. I was in. It would have been sixth form. sixth form. So it was a school trip because yeah. it was like years ten, eleven, and then the two sixth form years. It was like four years of school. Go on a history trip to Nuremberg, Prague, and yeah, Krakow. Yeah. It, right, great. It was a school trip. I don't give a fuck about England's concept of sixth form. Like it's fucking nonsense. You're still in school. It was a school trip. That's fine. We can accept that. It's col- I mean, it's college. It's kind of like college. It's not college. It's a high school. You do my fucking A levels, right? So. Oh, I did an A-level, great. Like, I did higher in fifth and sixth year. Like, I was still in high school. I didn't choose to go to a co- Oh, don't get me started on the English education system. But it was at the same school that I went to, so I do think of it as school, so it's fine. It's fine. Thank you, because my, you were at school. We had a special block. We had a block in a common room. Yeah, I bet you had a special block, mate. Jesus. It had, it had, it had, a, it had a pool table and stuff. Woo-hoo. Anyway. Right. So, yeah, okay, so you were actually still in school at this point, but because when you referenced you knew this album because when you moved, I thought you were referencing, like, being in Edinburgh. Because that was me going to uni. So this was, like, the first band that I remember, like, learning about when I met new people. When I... Sure. When when my world moved north, this this was band number one on the list. Along, pretty much along with... My Chemical Romance and a few others that we that had been discussed with some people that I was I'd sort of made friends with before I came up. So this 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 is probably quite a nostalgia. Definitely got the nostalgia, which is 
what we're all about here. This is... I don't, I don't hate this album. I was pleasantly surprised by this album. I think I said earlier, it's not gotten me into Avenged Sevenfold. But the only song I knew off of this album, and I was also surprised to learn it was the only single they released off of this 68-minute, 45-second beast, was Unholy Confessions. It's the only song I knew going into this. Did you see the date that they released the album and the date that that single was released? August 26, 2003 was the release. August 2nd, 2004 was Unholy Confessions. So this album, this 68-minute album, let's just call it 69 minutes, because nice, sat for a year before they released a single off it. That's insane. I was quite surprised to read on, on Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge, it only sold 3,000 copies in its first week of release. Right. But since then, it's gone platinum in the US, silver in the UK. i tell you what, that sounds, that sounds, 3,000 copies sounds pretty hopeless to me. Oh. Well. <laughs> For anyone missing that joke, it's the, obviously it was released on the label, Hopeless. I mean, Hopeless are a brilliant label. Uh, they've got some great bands that currently signed to them and uh, and passed. Probably one of they're one of those labels that I would follow just to find out bands that they were were releasing. People that are on them now that I still listen to today: Tiger's Jaw, Trophy Eyes, Taken Back Sunday. Trophy Eyes just reminds me of a You Me at Six song. I think. That might be where they got the the, the title from, uh, but bands that used to be on them, Circus Survive, still listen to them today. Uh, Have Mercy, uh, mm-hmm. just looking through oh, this. Emma Rosa, Enter Shikari, The Used, Enter Shikari. Funny you should mention Enter Shikari. Uh huh. Oh, the Human Abstract. Yeah. So yeah, Enter Shikari. The riff for Unholy Confessions. Oh snap! Oh man! I knew you were going to see it as soon as it. Oh, that's funny. It's honestly the moment you've got the end of Shikari one in your head. I can't get Unholy Confessions back. That's it now. It's gone. Fucking hell. Yes. Honestly. Got it. We're not talking John Williams, uh, Jurassic Park or Superman. No, it, it, that, as soon as I discovered that, as soon as someone said it, I don't know if it was at a party or what, someone pointed out like that that intro. And I was like, you bastard. That's it, ruined. Yeah, I thought you were actually maybe saying that Intershikari ripped them off, but maybe they did. Who, who really knows? But... No, that's it. That is funny. They're, they are very similar riffs. I, I don't think I'd ever really realised that before. But for, uh, for yeah, so for me, so coming into this band, like I'd only heard Unholy Confessions. Okay. Obviously, later on those singles, like I said, uh, I think I mentioned on on the Corn episode that a friend of mine at the time had made me a mix CD, okay. and this was one of the songs on it, like with the likes of Thrice and Thursday, and these were just bands I'd never heard before. Like this was great bands. Me come, yeah. These were well, Thursday. The guy freaks me out, but we'll maybe talk about him later. The uh, oh come on, the guy's voice is fucking weird. Can we talk about that for a second? I'm not talking about the vocalist. Can we not talk about Jeff Rickley? He's a god. He's a he's a man. He, oh, I've got nothing bad know. to say about Jeff Rickley. No. I don't have anything bad to say about him either. I don't know anything about the vocalist from Thursday other than his voice creeps me out a little. Okay. You're allowed you're allowed that opinion. No one else? No one, you've never came across that before? No one else shares a sort of he's a bit ghoulish, he's a bit I mean a bit you, creepy. Could, you could say that about Robert Smith. I do say that about Robert Smith. Well there we go then. <laughs> 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 say that about a lot of people to be fair. But uh, yeah, it, it, okay. Anyway, so it, so so she had made this. You know, I was coming into my first band like yourself. Uh, you, you know, coming into the Edinburgh music scene and meeting a lot of new people for the first time. She sort of put on some like fucking bangers on me for for, for this album, and and this was on Holy Confessions. Now I loved the song, but for whatever reason, it was it was not enough to make me go into this album. Was not enough to make me go into to, to listening to Avenged Sevenfold more. 
and then they like I said they just got bigger and bigger and it sort of was like oh you guys have clearly got a hell of a lot of label support and you're not really my vibe so yeah. I'm gonna gonna step back a little fair enough if they're not your vibe they're not um this then obviously took me onto the album after hearing them and I guess yeah, I I remember the album fondly for the time um uh-huh. I then saw them live I think it might have been May 2005 at the Archers mm-hmm. in Glasgow and Glasgow I think it was a, a week later they released City of Evil yeah that was released in June 2005 and it's got backcountry on it backcountry Beast and the Harlot yeah yeah and immediately there's two problems with City of Evil uh, the first is the drum recording is well I mean the, the snare on this has got something to be desired for I mean I'm I'll give it a pass on Waking the Fallen because it's a it's their second album it's mm. I don't really feel it's it needs to be they're not trying to prove anything with it City of Evil mm. just listen to City of Evil it's like listening to popcorn go off in your microwave I think the snare from Waking Waking the Fallen, I'm never going to pronounce that right, is like just one frequency off of ping in a plastic bag. Like it's a bit it's a bit on Imagine on imagine you tighten that plastic bag further. That's City of Evil. They just wrecked it. I did not like the drums. And Mr. Shadow's voice, it just didn't have the the same grittiness and growl that was missing. And going back you know, reflect reflecting back on it, it actually doesn't scream that much in Waking the Fallen. But there are there is a range to M Night Shyamalan's vocals that I didn't really know before because I think I think we touched on it before. Like I understand there was a change in his vocals between this album and the next album and whatever medical reasons or maybe the guy just don't want to scream anymore or maybe it was more commercially viable for him not to. But yeah, there's still like a lot of like high screeching and prolonged sort of screams on this that I'd never really heard on on an event of unfold before. Mm-hmm. The the lack of grit, I don't know how to call it. Just was an it was quite a bit of a put off and on on City of Evil on City of Evil. So that's why City of Evil is the last Avenged Sevenfold album I have really listened to. Yeah, intense. And it was obviously after that they released. They're self-titled, and then they released. Um, I think. Well, they got huge, didn't they? They were they were massive. They were everywhere. They were that was they were headlining festivals. Guitar they Hero. Like, they were on games. Yeah, yeah they, that was that was then made it big by that point. It was just today, actually. I, I thought, you know what? I'll I'll have a go through the Spotify top five just to see what I think of sort of the the most popular songs in their catalog. And um, the song "Hail to the King" came on. And then it went off. Nothing wrong with. I think there was nothing inherently wrong with it, but it's exceptionally generic hard rock. I think that's always been my problem with with Avenged Sevenfold. Is there's I don't hate them. I I I genuinely don't have anything against them. I have put on songs before. Hail to the King. I think is a big one that get that gets pushed on like a lot of collaborative playlists and stuff like that. I for some reason can't really remember it right now, but. You know, I've heard it in gyms before and stuff. And I'm like, eh, you know, this isn't the worst thing that could be playing right now. But it's it's nothing to make me listen to them. Mm-hmm. Again, even though I will happily admit Holy Unholy Confessions is a banger, it's rough as fuck. Like, we're talking about production, you know, you're talking about the, the, drum, the drum sound on the next album. Let's go back to Unholy Confessions. Sounds like it's on a different album, or sounds like it was recorded at a different time to the rest of the album. It's the last time that he, they recorded him screaming, apparently. Right. And I was reading this, I can't remember where this was on Wikipedia or some other article. It is their most played song live. Like, they've never, I think there's very, very rarely missed a live show where they've played that song. So. I think it was by 2018 they played it 809 times or something. Jesus. So it's clearly it it 
ticks a box with a lot of Avenged Sevenfold fans. Whether it's the one that they always end the show on or they open with it, I have no idea. I can't even remember it being played when we saw it, when I, when I did see them live in 2005. It's not up there on that on that popular list at the moment exactly. for, for Spotify. Yeah. Um, although Hail to the King has 358 million streams at the moment. so That's bananas. You know, th- these guys clearly, clearly appealed to, to, to people. Yeah. And that's cool. The album itself, I, I feel like all I can say about this band is I didn't hate it. It's we were messaging earlier on in the week, and we're sort of just finding our feet with with the album again. First time I'd heard pretty much all the songs, as far as I'm aware. Maybe it was on at a party once. I've never knowingly, willingly put this album on, so pretty much everything was new to me. And other than unholy confessions and a grand total of two other songs, I can't really identify other moments and other songs that stand out to me. It's it's 68 minutes of a lot of the same stuff. It's too long. That's without a doubt. I think the thing is though, I don't feel like it's too many songs. Like 12 songs is pretty reasonable. I think a lot of the songs are a bit repetitive in themselves. Very much so. Um, there's one song I can safely say is my, I'll probably skip that each time I listen to and that's Desecrate Through Revenants. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't see you in night part two. I think credit where credit's due. Actually, we're saying this is this is twelve songs and it's sixty minutes long. It's not. It's eleven songs and an intro. It's true. Yep, that's a minute so, forty three of just noise. Yeah. There. So so your sixty eight, sixty seven minutes. It's actually made up of eleven songs. That's impressive. You know what you're averaging nearly six minutes a song there. Looking at the song lengths, the song lengths are bizarre. Like I, I think my favorite song out of the lot. Um, minus Unholy Confessions is Reminiscence um, mm-hmm. I was listening to that today and man that's a jam that's a, such a fun song it goes through so many motions it has so many different like layers of, of things going on and then the end of it's a fucking breakdown so yeah so with the exception of Unholy Confessions being the only song I knew and maybe this is because I, d- I do generally tend to listen to albums chronologically or you know in in the order that that they're on the album the only other song as you should listeners at home all right all right do you know what the the random button's there for a reason mate i started doing it because i i i started listening to the album in random because i wanted to hear songs out of sequence to know if i recognize them Mm. spoiler didn't so unholy confessions song two chapter four song number three great see the halftime verse awesome man like it, 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 I was, just, I was taken aback by it to, to, to be on the to come out of on to come out of that intro in Unholy Confessions, and I'm like, yeah, jam, 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 and then go into chapter four and be hit with this massive swelling like halftime uh, chorus. I was like, oh man, that is whoa, that's. That's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm down. For, I'm feeling this. Maybe I'm going to really like this album. And then chapter and then song four remissions has the little classic guitar part. I'm like that's really nice. That that that's really cool. These guys are trying things. And then track five to twelve is is just is just sort of mush for me. Like to to identify key parts like the halftime chorus like the classical guitar. Like, there's riffs and solos in those other five, six, seven songs for days. Could not identify really anything else out of the album. Other than maybe track 10, I Won't See You Tonight Part 2, because then that's just very discordian, very riffy, and sort of quite jaggy, actually, and a little bit more of its time. Yeah. And obviously an answer to, to part one, but yeah, that's... There you go. That, 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 there's my Wake in the Fallen. I'll take on Holy Confessions, Chapter 4, Remissions, and bin the rest. I would argue that Eternal Rest, Second Heartbeat, I Won't See It Night Part 1, and I'd be a toss-up between Clairvoyant Disease and, and All Things Will End. The ending, I have to say, and All Things Will End is, is quite epic for me. I quite like it. And Clairvoyant. It probably is. I just can't remember it being epic. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not trying to like shit on these songs. I was 
generally overall impressed by the album we mentioned the word prog before like this was way more like prog metal than I expected from who I thought Avenged Sevenfold were I just I've been listening to this album for like five days straight and at no point after remission did I look at my phone to check the song title yeah fair enough it is long it is a lot longer than I remember it being Um, I, I don't know even as a as a teen, if I was listening to it from end to end, or if I was just picking songs out that I that I liked, but I don't remember it being, you know, nigh on an hour and what an hour and twenty minutes long, an hour and ten minutes long. Sorry, hour and ten. Um, Sixty nine. Nice. I think what what really blows my mind with it is that yeah, I guess I I get that the other band members are doing backing vocals. But on first oh, listen, on first listen, it sounds to me like they're one of those twin vocalist bands, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised to learn that they aren't that. That it was one guy just doing th- three different vocal styles throughout. Credit to M. Shawshank Redemption for that because I don't particularly rate them. You know, in the singles that came out, in this, in the singles that came out after on this album or like, as, as a whole, because you've said something incredibly. You need to be careful what you're saying here. You. All right. Okay. Let me explain before you lose your shit. Not more. Not me. I don't give a. I don't give a fuck. But there's going to be people that you've just said that to that might be like, he's a very good vocalist. Right. I disagree with everything I heard after this album. You know, like your back countries and your what is what is the song where like it's an acoustic number and the video they're in a prison, there's like a funeral or something, and it's like seize the day, like I just don't the guy never appealed to me as a clean vocalist. Like I don't think he particularly carry like it, it's I just never thought he was that good. But as you're saying, with the the screaming range that he's putting into this album, I was way more impressed. Just don't rate him as a clean vocalist. Sue me. I think he's don't sue me. I don't have any money. <laughs> I think he's got the the metal genre pretty much to a T. Um, Ooh, I think he's bold. just just that whole like I mean like the the hard probably more hard rock sort of audience that he can draw in. What what, what did that message you during the week? I can't remember what. I was like, BMW M3 has got Hetfielditis. Because he does have the, yeah, I'll tell you what, it, sort of, his, his issue. Know, he has that tone. His issue in this album is the wars. There's so many songs have got this, whoa, whoa, constantly. So you've got your Sam Carter, he's got the, black. you've got your, yeah. your Hetfields with a, yeah, and yeah. in this. In this album, anyway, and I think in a lot of others, it's the woes. It's constant, like whoa, constantly. And once you've said that, every single song has got like a minute and a half of him just going whoa over a guitar solo. Woe is me. There's a band. You ever do you remember Woe is me? Should I? They weren't really anything. I don't think. Maybe there was just like a crappy little MySpace band I picked up, but fucking hell. They were like... Gonna have to remember early Dance Gavin Dance? Remember like the Johnny Craig, like hyper clean vocals? Like mixed with like sort of beat down screamo. Are they not the ones that keep doing all the covers? No, that's My Last Night or something. Is that not We Came As Romans or something? They do a lot of covers. I don't think Woe Is Me were ever a big band, but I, I certainly listened to them at, at one point. And like, I mean, like the hyper clean, like bleeding heart vocals that were sort of a thing for a short period of time. They did a lot of covers. Yeah, they did. They they were a flash in the pan band. They like lasted like two years and then they were gone. Yeah, uh, about right. Uh, probably maybe. Maybe I remember them. Maybe if I heard a few songs by them, but no, not not for me. I think the only kind of band that I really got into with a really high, um, sort of falsetto vocals was, uh, Circus Survive, uh, Anthony Green, Searson, um, and then he went on to do Circus Survive, oh, right. and wow, he he can hold a note, and 
he's a really charismatic and fun person to see perform live um that would be one for the one for the future to talk about but yeah he's got that i think he's the from a looks perspective at the time there's there's, there's that really famous picture which was the one that was used to promote unholy confessions and it's like the five of them all in black one of them's got the the jack daniels t-shirt and like i mentioned earlier you got the the fringes and the eyeliner and the the, the makeup and they've got a bit of a glam thing going but it's more of like that hardcore glam which you sort of could give a pat because again it's got that like hardcore emo glam let's yeah call it that and then after that it's torn off shirts bandanas aviators just not me yeah yeah the chrome aviators do you know what i mean and like the yeah yeah like the cut off t-shirts like the 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 they were almost jocks like jocks of metal like if i can coin that phrase yeah where like they were well they're like m jacoby shaddix and phil lambisi or the fuck his name is from we're not allowed to talk about them i'm re- from as i lay down yeah, yeah i get this why are we not allowed to talk about because there's another band we're not going to do on this i really am disappointed that we can't talk about that band because that they came second right so after i may as well get this off my chest while we're talking about about okay. this i'm i'm in shock where, where are we going we're not this? talking about azalea dying i can't talk about an azalea dying album because phil lambis has tried to get his fucking wife killed right okay that's that that's fine um i don't disagree with what you're saying i'm just a little bit confused on previous conversation understandable but yeah all right absolutely an asshole i did listen to the album they released after i thought it was pretty good but um yeah, fuck that guy. Right? Yeah, that's there's the stance. There's the stance. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this is so the point I'm trying to say is let's bring it back Sorry. to 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 my cousin Vinny is you know the guy had guns. Yeah, you know it had the rip off t shirts. He had the, he had the sleeveless shirts. And, you know with Jack Daniels or whatever it is or Metallica or whatever the fuck it was. The guy had fucking guns and him and Labrisi and like you know full sleeves. And him and fucking whatever it is from As I Lay Dying were like the same. Like these guys were interchangeable. Just sort of like we were saying between Jacoby Shaddix and James Hart from 18 Visions. These guys were all... But but I suppose the, the Avenged Sevenfold guys sort of took it the next step. Even Sinister Gates tried to act like he had guns. But I don't think he ever did get that big. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to throw that shade. He never got big Sinister Gates. No, I don't think you needed to. I think this it was a it was definitely a look that a front man wanted to have as like the appear kind of strong and, and powerful. Um and a biker and a man and a you know, he's gonna get chicks and you can you can ref, you, you can live vicariously through this like that's sort of what we were coming back to. I think this is where I was at with Event Sevenfold, where I was just like, Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really connect with that. Like I don't really need to associate myself with with that sort of persona so i didn't yeah i think they they their looks could be repeated by there's there's a few bands that i think looked quite similar at the time event sevenfold 18 visions bleeding through bleeding through the one that were the next one that's sort of coming into my head they were all interchangeable just like just huge hedge dudes all from orange like county the, um, all from orange county Seem, seems like a vibe. The uh, should be forgotten, but obviously a completely different vocalist or a completely different band is the vocalist from Dillinger. Yeah, uh, dude was Greg. We're not just talking about jacked men on the on the podcast now, but yeah, like, <laughs> you know that that was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah. Um. So there was, uh, they they had that look, and moving into City Vivo was a bit like uh, not not no longer for me. I remember playing along to their songs on Guitar Hero 3. Uh, I could be making that up. I also didn't like the artwork for City People. I think it's really shit. <laughs> like, proper fucking F-tier, terrible metal artwork. Oh, right. So, for your stag do, one of the... It was your stag do. Yeah, it was your stag yeah. do. The, uh, the, the theme was 
terrible metal t-shirts. Shite, shite metal t-shirts. Let's just shite metal t-shirts, right? And Avenged Sevenfold are one hundred percent shite metal t-shirts. Like that could he's like I'm, we're looking at what looks like a skull with a like a, a skeleton on a sword riding a golden horse, right? Just saying that out loud. Could, just just describing it. Yeah. <laughs> that could just as easily be a wolf howling at the moon next to a tiger. With a city in flames great. behind him or with like a meteorite. Yeah, I think he's I think the, the horse is leaving a trail of fire like a comet. That's 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 what it is. So it's the darkened sky. Is that, is that what we're looking yeah, at? The, yeah, yeah, That's the city of evil, man. Like, yeah, we. I think your uh, your best man, Kier, described it. Kier from Blink Twenty Two episode described it as we're talking like you know when it's you're dead, <laughs> you're next on the knuckles. You're next. You're next when it's you're next on the knuckles. So but like grammatically missed, incorrect apostrophe. <laughs> yeah, because they've missed the apostrophe. It's just like you're, as in if it belongs to you. Uh, and that is 100% the Avenged Sevenfold artwork. Well, shit. City of Evil's fucking longer. God damn. Seven, God damn! Seven, two minutes. And that was their first major release, because that's on Warner. Right. There. There's, that's, so there's the money. Need. There's where the money's at. Burn It Down, that was one. I forgot that one. Yeah, Burn It Down, Backcountry, Beast and the Harlot. They were the, the ones that I recall from that album. I'm not sure I remember Burn It Down, but definitely Backcountry and beast and the harlot you know what the the thing with Avenged sevenfold as I'm, as much as i've referred to them as a metal band for the last 45 minutes or however long we're, we're at this point i can't escape the fact that they have punk drumming and that's probably where the metal core comes into it they have very fast very uh, i don't know what the i don't know the technical term for it I just refer to it as this like that punk drum that which I didn't I don't recall being in metal at that point like if I'm thinking about metal in 2004 the state of metal was Saint Anger had come out three years earlier and that was a complete fucking bin fire yeah you had yeah it was um, I don't know what, what really I can't really think of what other metal I was really listening to at that time other than sort of Metallica and Megadeth and going over like lots of 80s stuff. And it never had the God, same... Megadeth. And it just never had the same sort of tempo or pace that Event Sevenfold were doing with their version of, of metal at the time. Okay. And yeah, having, having that punk sound to it is definitely what led me down another path. Because it was after hearing this that I started getting into hard, more into hardcore metal and hardcore punk. Wow, what a what a journey! Yeah, and this is where I was saying when I talk about it, this has been like ground zero for me, is because this was where I would. This was what laid the foundations of that punk sound of drums, and then it had this metallic guitar solos and and screaming on top of it. And finding anything that comes after it is always going to be, you know, a challenge. It's got a little bit of that in it. So everything had a little bit of Event Sevenfold in it in the beginning. Trivium, great example that you brought in earlier. They had that really metal, metal core sound that, again, by the Crusades, they decided to just fucking chuck in the bin. Yeah, I mean... It's funny, to, I, I'm struggling to sort of pick out the punk elements of it because p- purely for what I know after the fact that once the Rev passed away for that tour, they replaced him with one of the prog drummers of, of ever, mm-hmm. Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, because he was a massive influence on the Rev. And coming back to, to, to what I was saying about a week of the fallen is I was far more surprised at how much prog was in it, but knowing how Portnoy, I don't know if he actually helped finish the album or if it was done by that point, but he definitely toured that album with them. Like he was their he was their live drummer for for that tour. That that makes more sense to me. I don't he's 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 not emulating Portnoy, but there's there's elements there you, you can sort of hear sounds and. Or, or, or rhythms that, that, that the guys try to do. But yeah, punk, I never really got punk out of the album. 
There's a couple of two-step bits for for like for for sort of like thrashier, speedy speedier riffs, but punk. Mm. Yeah, that's how I that's how I always kind of like the sound and um, definitely took that away from it. And it is and that is sort of also in City of Evil to a, a an extent. Yeah, it just wasn't just wasn't the same, and it was enough for me to then move on after City of Evil. That's when, yeah, I'd had nothing more to really to give for it which is um i was just looking at the the producer so it was produced by uh andrew murdoch who is who's also the producer on uh 18 visions obsession indeed uh episode 28 always be plugging and this was a band, as as I expressed, 18 Visions were one of those bands that I found very early on in my time in Edinburgh after seeing them opening for Crazy Fists in, in October mm-hmm. of 2004. So this is where it all kind of fit into place, seeing these this sound, this Orange County hardcore sound coming over. Yeah. And that's when you discover Bleeding Through. That's when you discover what other bands they're supporting and everything that they're up to. It was, it was crazy. Uh, going, going back, it was, there were definitely a, an early start. Oh, I thought hate, I thought hate for some reason I had hate breed in my head for, for that orange candy sound, but they were from Connecticut. Oh, another, another great band. Which I think is more towards the East coast and kill switch. Very likely. Um, just having a look there, and it's like I remember this being a l- on a lot of games, having things from uh, City of Evil, and there's an entire section on the Wikipedia page. Uh, it was on SSX on tour. It was on Burnout Revenge, Guitar Hero Two, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, your favourite. Lord, it, Love that. it really got. And I don't know whether it's just Warner had a, a good relationship with EA Sports at the time, but they they absolutely smashed it. No, fair enough, man. But yeah, after this band, things just started to move towards probably my a bit more hardcore sounds. That's and metalcore definitely became more of my diet of music at that stage. I mean, you've got to think early two thousand and four. I was listening to bands we've spoken about already, Ruben. Hell is for Heroes, Hundred Reasons, and yeah. then literally going to university, and my my tastes basically flipped to Avenged Sevenfold, Thirty Six Crazy Fists, Eighteen Visions, Hasn't I Dying, and uh, that we're not allowed to talk about. Apparently. We'll talk about it dies today instead because they're 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 fine. Not much to say about them, and uh, and you you you're the one that I think you want to talk about very soon is um still remains. Oh God, yeah, I can't wait for that episode. So yeah, this is where where I, I place it as a ground zero because it's a very defined point in my listening history that I can that I can put a finger on and say that was when I discovered listening to metalcore, even though it's not a metalcore album. In respect, hmm. but that's that. I don't think it that's is. me then saying I like that type of music now, and that was the moment. That's cool, man. I mean, it's you know to say that we've already talked about bands like Killswitch, but it was actually Avenged Sevenfold that brought you into the the metalcore genre is is intense. Yeah, I'd been list. I suppose you had your Rose of Sharon's and uh, you know. Uh, my last serenades from Kill Switch, and yeah, they were they were heavy. I never, I think, I don't even think I knew the term metalcore at that time. Interesting. Well, they, they, but we talked about that. They were metal. They were. No, they are, and, and like on, in, and they are metalcore. Whereas we talked about this, but then okay, how dare but you? Then there's a band that I've thought of as metalcore, and they're not. They're not metalcore. They're a prog metal band. As a, I feel you're very. I feel you're very. Confused. I am extremely. I, I, this this album, <laughs> listening to this album these last two weeks, has been extremely confusing, because I genuinely thought it was going to be utter trash, and I've loved, I've loved going back to it. The uh, I think we, I think I sort of we, I, I take something back over to you, and I was like, 
they're they're trying something here I don't think they're quite capable of yet. You know, the the prog, like the the big six, seven, there's even an eight minute song on this album. You know, that we've we've joked about the Unholy Confessions riff there, Jigga Gem Gem Gem, Jigga Gem Gem Gem, Gem Gem Gem. But it's it's kinda janky, right? It's kinda rough. Very. It's you know, the the whole this is what I mean, the could I write Wake in the Fallen? Fucking no, I could not write Wake in the Fallen. Similar to what I think I sort of said towards Corn, like you know, Follow the Leader was a seventy-minute album. These guys have gone into the studio and they have written music. They've not written, no disrespect to Lincoln Park, but they've not written a thirty-five-minute, you know, ten-track album of maybe poppier songs, mm. more accessible songs. They've they've gone into the I would wholeheartedly believe they've gone into the studio and written the album they wanted to write. I just don't quite think they were at the level to pull it off. Possibly. This being the first album that they really got the lineup together. Yeah, totally fair. Kind of shows. Also that, you know, the fact that it sat there for a year before they released a single on it. Yeah, they toured. It just sort of goes to shit. They toured the shit out of it to make it, I think, to get the impact. but but Yeah. They may have toured the shit out of it, but there was still clearly a question in the label as to be like, right, what can we actually sell off of this? What other than the album itself, other than the, the sixty nine nice minutes of this album, what can we actually sell? And eventually it it became a year later Unholy Confessions. Which thinking about it now, you're like, well, why didn't you just release that album? Release that song with the album. Like, why didn't that come out first? Why did you Why did you sit on a year? We'll never fully know. But yeah, there's just a lot of lot of stuff in here that I didn't expect. But it also does sound, for lack of a better word, if I can say this in my non professional music careerness, a little rough. Mm-hmm. Little rough. It is. It's maybe, got. It's got. Rough. It's jaggy edges. It's. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Yeah, I think I think maybe they were reaching, stretching a little bit, but you know what? I think what they did in the end clearly served its purpose. It set the baseline to get their fans in, and then when they changed up a gear for the next album, for better or for worse, they kept the fans they wanted to keep, and they brought in even more fans. And if you're bringing in more yeah. fans on your next album than losing, you're winning. Yeah, these guys absolutely went places and credit where credit is due they were are don't really know anymore a massive band and i was pleasantly surprised by this album but it's yeah it's it's still it still surprises me that this is an avenge sevenfold album i'm surprised it's not a bit more accessible shall we say it is probably the least accessible but one i would say everyone should listen to at least once other than the seven trumpets of that's, that's not a, M. Shawadi Wadi. That's not a... That's a very, <laughs> very different beast. And the Harley Take your word for it. Anyway. Are we done with eventually? I think I've said everything I wanted to say. Uh, unless you've got anything you want to add. I'll, I suppose I'll close off with thanks for bringing it up. Genuinely an album I had never listened to before. Of a band I was more than aware of. Uh, pleasantly surprised it's not it's, it's not made it into my rotation I'm not gonna I'm not a converted eventually before thought about conversion there was a lot of faith tones I don't I don't know if I heard like a lot of references to religion or faith or or belief or whatever and I was a bit like are they a religious or b just playing that sort of power metal you know like uh, is the next song going to be a battle cry? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like it was. So the song "Unholy Confessions," obviously, "Holy Confession." Yeah. It's about a Anyone? couple who have been cheating on each other, and then admitting to them each other that they've actually both been cheating, apparently. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea if there's any link to their faith. I've never known. Yeah, I've never known them to be a religious band. Or, or have any sort of religious connotation. One of the band members was called The Rev. <laughs> yeah, it gets starting to make a little bit more sense. Reverend Tholomew Plague. But uh, I think they were just 
Sinister gates. They're, they're just re- they're gates. Gates of heaven. Off all the god and evil and hell stuff. Ah. John. And that's like metal. That's like that's that, that's not prog metal. That's like power well, metal. And then right? there's there's the the bassist, which is called Jim. Um, was Johnny Christ? Yeah. So yeah, they they clearly were were leaning into that that sort of Judas Priesty type stuff good call. with that. Yeah, yeah, good call with the Judas Priest stuff. Absolutely. What was the other guitarist called? Zachary Vengeance or Zachy Vengeance? Zachy V. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling less of a holy vibe there. <laughs> they all had their own stage names, um, and that was obviously just to, to play along with that whole glam feeling. They all had a side project called Pinkly Smooth, which I think basically had three out of five of the band in, effectively. And it had the rev on vocals. Wow. Not M. Shyamalan, I think. No. Uh, the only difference no. was they had another guy on drums... And they had another guy on bass, but the guitarists were both Zaki and and Sinister Gates, and the singer was the Rev. And yeah, they only released one album before before the Rev's untimely passing, sadly. Is it Zaki that was left handed? Yes. So that again, right. beautiful for stage presence when you've got a left handed player. You just go back yeah. to back, and you're yeah, you get the visuals. They were made for the stage. They were, they were a very sellable band. Very they? sellable, very much so. They had the good looks. They had the charisma. They were willing to change their image to suit what they were doing. Yeah, they were. They were made to make make it big. They they were. I don't think they were ever not going to make it. Well, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but on your Avenged Sevenfold, all the best. I'm sure, pretty sure your career's on the downward spiral, but you bloody you bloody you bloody did good, boys. Congratulations. Very successful band, but um, now I'll never listen to you ever again. <laughs> well, come on, I made you listen to sixty-eight minutes of uh, of rough metalcore prog. What are you going to make metalcore prog? Well, if we've got nothing else to say, what are you going to make me listen to for a week? Oh, I've been th- I've, I've I've played around this band for a while. I didn't know if I've mentioned them before. I didn't know if I wanted to bring them in, but we're very much sort of 2004-ish, we're getting into that proper metalcore range for me. So another big band for me around about this time. I honestly don't know if I'm going to have much to say about the album, but let's let's bring it forward anyway, because the band, I did listen to the band for years, and it's Caliban, the opposite from within. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just loved this album. Like, I just thought it was really, really dark and really, like... Just, just kind of brutal and a little bit avant-garde and a little bit like I mean, not avant-garde in the sense of like an actual avant-garde band. I'm just saying like they were. It was. Yeah, I'm. It, it was some. It was something. It was definitely something new. Something I hadn't heard before. Yeah, these. Yeah, the the German metal scene was was tight. Yeah. The these were these were heavy. This was if you went from Avenged Sevenfold. And then someone gave you Caliban. You've just gone from your fucking starter to there's your fucking dinner. <laughs> there's your dinner. And yeah, I probably stayed with this band for a solid four albums. What came out after the opposite moon was The Awakening? No, so The Awakening was the one after. Let's, let's, we'll let's we'll save that for the next next episode. Sorry. Gonna... The Awakening was Adam D. It was, that's why I'm... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excited. And I saw them on tour. And if oh, have I got it? I've got. Wait. 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 Oh, where is it? No. Yes, it's here. Wait. 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 Sound effects. Nope. Nope. Oh no. Where is it? I had a plectrum from the awakening. Oh, you've lost it. Oh no. No. Dear. Now I've got Ross and Jenny's. Wedding pick. That's right, Ross. I've still got your wedding pick. <laughs> if you're listening to this, God damn it! I had a Caliban. Oh wait, anyway. Undying Darkness. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that one was a bit. Weird. I love that one. I've got. A, I've got a story about that album, but anyway, well, um, we're good. I think if 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 there's nothing more to say about Avenged Sevenfold, then I'm good. Also. Yeah, sweet. So. uh do you want to bring? I'll 
certainly so thank you very much everyone for listening we have been alive or just blethering please do check us out on our socials at eogb podcast live or just blethering 2022 we are are in for 2022 we are starting off i think quite (laughs) strong with the 2004 2003 vibes so if you've got an album that you god it's nearly 20 years man it's like 18 years (laughs) if you've got an album that you associate with when you were 19 18 years old give us a shout we'll give you an opinion on it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we'll just talk shit about your album for forever we'll, no worries we'll, man. we'll shit on we'll shit on your dreams and everything so <laughs> if uh if you do head on over do give us a shout out i am gonna try updating the twitter i'm gonna add it onto my, my twitter app i think just to to try and be on it but other than that instagram that's where you'll probably find us but the next time mm-hmm. on a live of just blethering Keith will be taking us through The Opposite From Within by Caliban, and I am very excited for it. Thanks very much for listening. Good night.